Let's get me. How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Cool Progression Podcast. Everybody, it is Tuesday. It is the 24th of May. Ooh, and let's have some fun today. We're going to have some fun, talk about the origins of a certain band, and also talk about one of these songs that they have come out with and really dive deep into like opening up about emotion, but also at the same point, opening up about the ability to talk about some potentially tough topics. <gasps> what could it be? Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors. First, we have Phoenix Fitness. Yes, we are almost into summer. And I know for a fact, you know, summer season's coming around, festivals come, season's coming around. You're not going to want to, you know, go to those festivals and just like, you know, die halfway through. By dying, you just like kind of give out and be like, I'm tired. I can't go on anymore. So honestly, one of the best things to do is kind of hit the gym, you know, lift them waist through that cardio to make sure that you can do all the crazy stuff for festival season or like myself going to those pits. But got to make sure that, you know, to achieve those fitness goals or whatever fitness goals you might have, preparing right and recovering right is important to make sure that you maximize your potential with those fitness goals. After Phoenix Fitness comes with many different supplements, such as different pre-workouts, both stimulants and free, B-cell recovery compounds help your muscles absorb all the nutrients for recovery. Uh, different creatines help you build muscle. Different protein blends help you uh, build muscle. AM blends, PM blends, direct after workout blends, collagen blends, plant-based blends, multivitamins, literally everything you might need to achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off using code MSOTD at checkout fnxfit.com, uh, fnxfit.com actually. Yeah, I'm starting to forget about that stuff. Link description of the podcast, though, with the promo code. Our other sponsor is Custom Debuts. So what does Custom Debuts do? Well, they make these custom music posters that just for you because you want to be the coolest one with your own custom music poster. Yeah, that's what they do. So you give them a band name. I'm going to go with Caskets. Then they you also give them either the album name that you want to work with or the song name you want to work with. Say it's their album Lost Soul. Say it's the song Drown in Emotion. Either or. You give that to them, and they will create a custom poster for you based off of that song based off of that album, based off of the artwork, based off the track listing, based off the lyrics, whatever it might be. They will come back to you within a proof of 48 hours, like, you know, hey, this is what it might look like. Any changes you want to make, you can make as many changes as you want. And when you're satisfied, you get that sent to you on poster paper, on a canvas print, or on aluminum. So you can have actually as like an aluminum sign. You can have it and be the coolest person, the most, you know, interesting person, most interesting man in the world. When it comes to, you know, your house, your office, your garage, dorm room, literally anywhere you want to put it, you know, make your neighbors just be like, oh my God, I want that post. Be like, ah, it's the only one because it's custom, bitch. So our listeners get 10% off using code CPP10 at checkout. So go check that out. Thank you. Phoenix or uh, custody abuse. We are also, we are sponsoring the one we were hungry festival in Vegas, October 20th and 21st. So make sure you go check that out. Come out there. A couple of bands that have been on the podcast are playing that festival. The guys in modern day escape, the guys in along came a spider, the guys in saving vice and also, the guy's an outlier. Yes, Joey Arena from Outlier is going to be playing at that festival. Find us at the festival. Pancakes in the pit. You'll find me in the pit. That whole entire festival, not leaving, baby. So come, let's jam, let's mosh, let's have a good time. Pancakes! So now on our future presentation, the band is called Lydia's Castle. And they're coming out with their brand new EP, their debut EP on June 3rd. Self-titled, you're going to want to go check that out. And this episode has a lot going on for it. 
first, especially because the band is female fronted. We talk about other female fronted bands and other just all female bands in the scene and talking about the emergence of a lot of those bands when it comes to the younger generation coming up like The Warning, like Plush, and talk about the importance of that. We also talk about the history behind the band, how they make their music, and we dive deep into one of their most important songs and one of their best songs called Search For You. So when we dive deep into this song, we go deep into the music video, the power of emotion that it has behind it and the meaning behind it and just the importance that they wanted to uh, you know, convey the important message that we go through a lot of these things that sometimes, you know, they might be a little taboo, some of the things that you go through that is just in culture that, you know, aren't really talked about. But talking about them and bringing light to them will help show support and help people get through some of those tough times. So definitely check it out. Check out the music video, though. If if you might trigger, you know, just, you know, fair warning, it does touch on some touchy topics. But I say give it a shot because it had me going like it shocked the hell out of me in terms of how good it was and how well it was put together. So on that note, are you guys ready for Lydia's Castle? Because I am. Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I had another PR firm reach out to me about a couple of bands. And of course, you know me. I'm like, I'm going to check this out, see what happens. And I found one that I listened to. I'm just like, yeah, this is definitely a podcast that I need to talk to, especially with their music. Their most recent single as the recording of this, Search For You, is out now. You guys can go check it out everywhere. I highly suggest you watch the music video when you listen to this song because... My God, that music video is powerful. So please welcome Tanya, Cody, Corey, and John from the band Lydia's Cast as the podcast. So all four of you, welcome to the podcast. Thank hey. you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. How's everything going out in your world? I mean, you know, it, things are going, you know, it's almost summertime. You guys are in Nashville. So how's everything going over on your end? It's good. Yep. Just yeah. shy of perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's it's going really good. We just got done with rehearsal and uh we have a, a show coming up on Saturday, and so we're just getting pumped for it. It's sounding great, and uh, the band's really locking in, and we're excited. We're excited to deliver a good show to everybody. Yeah. That's fantastic to hear. Is it something where you guys are the headliners? Or are you playing with somebody else? Like, what's the deal with the show? Uh, it's our yeah. EP release show. It's our actually. show. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's EP our EP release. release. Yeah. Yeah. So we're releasing the uh, the hard physical copies of the um, the EPs this Saturday before the digital version drops on June 4th, June 3rd. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's our EP release. We're headlining it here in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, now I got to talk about this because, I mean, you got a new EP coming out on what you said, June 3rd. I want to make sure I got that right because yeah, I messed yep. it up. It's been, and what's the name of it so that, you know, everyone, even though they're going to see at the bottom of the video, it's going to be just like blatantly right there throughout the whole entire thing. I just want to make sure they hear it from you guys. It's called Lydia's Castle. Yeah, we it? just self-titled it. Yep. Self-titled the our first one. The self-titled EP. Well, I mean, if I'm not going to lie, if everyone out there is listening, I mean, you're going to want to take a listen to it when it comes out. You're just going to want to get to know this band, especially after listening to their music and seeing like some of the people that, you know, it's on the list that they've performed with in the past, bands like If I Die First. And of course, another friend of the podcast that I saw they perform with, with Diamante. I'm just like, yeah, you're definitely going to want to check out this band, especially if you, I'm going to say this, if you like Diamante and you like a little bit more of that like hard rock alt metal style to the backing, this is the band you're going to want to listen to. Yeah, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah we awesome. uh, we absolutely love playing with them. They were they're great friends of ours. We definitely play shows with them again. And uh, she's somebody that I've looked up to as a female vocalist. So you know, playing with somebody that is like your idol was just really kind of surreal. So 
That's pretty cool. Ooh. So looking up to her, it's like, what was that moment like when all of a sudden, you know, you found out you guys were going to play with Diamante on a show and then actually being there because I still have yet to actually see Diamante live. So I'm kind of missing out right now, but I will remedy that by the end of the month. So make sure that <laughs> takes care of it. But I kind of want to get a little preview of it too. Cause like, I mean, if you're fans of Diamante, I'm just like, okay, I got to listen to this. Like I got to get jazzed up for this at the same time, you know? Yeah, I mean, the first song that I ever heard of hers was Ghost Myself, um, and playing with her was really cool because, um, you know, there's not a lot of female vocalists that are out there, especially that are doing rock and, uh, you know, making good rock as well. So playing with her, she was super sweet. Her band was really nice, um, you know, but but seeing her on stage and then meeting her as a person, it's just really cool when you meet your heroes and they live up to your expectations. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely do know what you mean, because especially after doing this podcast, being able to meet a good number of the bands that I've had on here, it's always kind of cool just to see what that camaraderie is like, see what that interaction is like. And most of the time, it's basically just like kind of one of these weird reunion kind of feels where everyone's just happy to see each other and just the genuineness that everyone kind of puts back and forth. So I can totally understand where you're coming from there. And it's just kind of cool to hear that as well. Plus, going back on that as well, I mean, one thing especially starting to see on the end of like with rock and metal with some of these bands that are really starting to come up and really emerge and kind of take that next leap into being the next big bands in the genre for the next like five to 10 years. There's a good amount of those bands that are female fronted that are really starting to take the reins and really push the envelope forward to find more of that parity between not only female fronted bands, but sometimes all female bands as well. Oh yeah. The all female front, all female bands are awesome. Uh, my new favorite one that I recently just came across is called the warning. Oh, they're um, so good. They're so good. Um, so good. I want to say that they're from Mexico. And then the other one that I really like who uh, just got off tour with um, Hailstorm and Evanescence. I think they're on tour with Seven Dust right now is Plush. They're another one, all females, um, just a bunch of young kids. And it's cool to see that it's like young females that are doing it because <clears throat> they're going to be the future of rock. You know what I mean? So it's it's been really cool. Those are just some of my uh recent finds that i love yeah well i have to agree with you on that because i actually have had the warning on the podcast before and just like the genuineness that was going back and forth between like all three of them it was something where the energy was there but it's also fantastic along with plush as well where you're seeing that younger generation really start to take hold of it and start to take charge of it and like with the uh with the warning as well i mean they're about they're they're on their own headlining tour right now but then they're gonna be going on tour with hailstorm and the pretty reckless and then they're going to be going all like they're just constantly touring right now which is fantastic because it gives more of these not only you know just normal rock like every other rock fan that's out there rock and metal fan a chance to see the next wave but also inspire people within that generation the next generation of people that are going to be rock and metal fans all of a sudden they're going to attach onto these bands that they really connect with like the warning like plush like lydia's castle you know rather soon i'm not gonna lie it's gonna happen trust me on that so they're going to connect with those bands like that and really start to get into it. And you're going to start to see this new emergence. I, I think this is going to happen within the next one to two years, a new emergence of all of a sudden, a lot more of these bands popping up that are rock and metal with younger generation. anywhere between like teenagers, you know, maybe up to early, mid, late twenties that are either all female based or just female fronted, whichever one it is, however the band is constructed that are really going to start to take a lot more of a hold in the rock and metal scene. I'm ready for it, man. I think that, um, I think it's like the future is women. 
you know, and I think it's like really cool and inspiring to see just so many women coming forward and moving into those roles that have been so male dominant. And also you have to remember, like, this is still a very new territory for, you know, uh, females of rock. And then you're inspiring again, all those little kids that are also like females, you know, and, and the crowd that are watching you and looking up to you. And that's important. You know, I think that, um, I definitely think that the, in, like you said, in, in the next year or two, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot more female fronted bands coming forward and I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. And I think another thing you're going to see too, is with those female fronted bands, like really coming through, but also a good amount of those female fronted bands are all female bands. that are going to be like headlining tours. It's not going to be seen as something as like, you know, othering it as, oh, this is like an all female fronted thing. or This is an all female thing. No, it's just going to be like some like like using the warning, for example. It's like, oh, hey, the warning's going out and having another headlining tour with Plush and Lydia's Castle on there. And the, and the sole purpose to go out to that show is because it's just great music. Yeah. And you can connect with it. And there's no othering it besides the fact that it is just great music that you're gonna that you're gonna want to go see. You're gonna want to go be a part of that show, and you're gonna want to experience that because of the genuineness that's behind it. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, I mean it's um <clears throat> the the genuineness behind it, but also it's and it's not just because like it's a female in a band you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we're talking about these are real talented women yeah you know even just like the recent tour with uh plush uh lilith caesar um i think it was hailstorm and evanescence you know yeah it was a female fronted uh tour all around but we're talking about women that know how to play guitar and and really rock out on drums and, and know how to sing and um so i think like just even like you know gender aside we're talking, you know, really talent, talented people. And I'm excited to see how it develops. And it also helps with, you know, Hailstorm really also kind of taking the charge that with how prominent they are and the fact that they can go to venues and, you know, sell out venues that are going to be three, 4,000 cap, even maybe more so than that. And then using Evanescence on that as well, because they were kind of away for a while, but then having them come back and just, because I've seen them perform live once. I think that was in like 2019. And it was just like, in July, venue had no AC. It was hot and humid outside, so it was just <laughs> terrible in there. And oh. the opening band, the lead singer got sick that day, so they dropped off the show, and it was just Evanescence. And even Amy Lee just kind of came out and said, she's like, I know it's hot. I know the opening band didn't come out here, unfortunately, because their lead singer was sick, but we're going to do our best just to put it out there and just do our best to make the best show possible. And for That's two awesome. hours in, the in like, the heat and the humidity. Yeah. It was insane. I played this venue out in Tucson that had no AC in the middle. Can can we swear on here? Oh, absolutely. You can. Yeah. In the (laughs) middle of the fucking desert. (laughs) They had these giant industrial fans on both sides of the doorway. And even with those, it was just insanely hot. Mm -hmm. And we're we're playing maybe like a 90 minute set. It was with a country artist. But and maybe had, you know, 200 people in this building and that was miserable enough. I couldn't imagine Evanescence playing a big stage. It, it, fucking <laughs> hot as shit with a whole room full of people. Yeah, that's awesome. And commitments to them for like just giving it their all mm-hmm. despite yeah. the discomfort. Because even when you got like bright incandescent cans in an air conditioned room, it's it can kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah, now imagine that in like a ballroom setting with 3,500 people in the crowd. Fuck. (laughs) 
But I, I mean, from that moment, it was, I was never that big of an Evanescence fan, but after watching that show, I was like, I, I mean, I still don't fully connect to the music, but the amount of respect I have for like the band and for Amy Lee after watching that is just like, it went from like where it was all of a sudden it's like, do, 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 it just grew. Yeah, yeah. Badass to the bone. Yeah, no, oh, it's cool when you see bands that are like, you know, you go through like the AC going out or like it rains or like, didn't you like see a show where like it rained? Um, oh, then, yeah, yeah. Chevelle and uh, Middle Class Rut. And then they came back. Like, and, they still uh, played yeah, it. No, so long story short, I was in Rolla, Missouri for a frat party and they were it was St. Paddy's Day weekend. And, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Woof. <laughs> yeah. The story's good. Anyway, there was a free concert because there, there's a college there. My friends were going to going to school there. And uh, I guess they were just throwing a free concert in a parking lot. And it was Chevelle, it was Middle Class Rut, and uh, Janus, J-A-N-N-U-S, I think I remember, or just one N. I can't remember. It's, but It's I just one N, I believe. Huh? It's just one N, I believe. One? Okay, Janus. Okay. Anyway, all three were good bands, and we were sitting there, and Middle Class Rut got on, and it just started pouring down rain and lightning, and they played one song, got off the stage for like 15 minutes to let the rain go by, and they would get on, literally play one more song, it would start pouring and lightning, oh, and they would get off, they're and, cursed. Then and they came back on after 10 or 15 minutes, and I, would, I just left. I love Chevelle, and I love Middle Class Rut, but I was just getting soaked. And I was drunk too. So. <laughs> is, this like, the same, is this the same show where there were like birds pooping on their gear? No, it's oh. a different show. Oh. There's nothing worse than being drunk and wet. Like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, Unless the only cool. I'll say the only thing that's worse than being drunk and wet is being drunk and wet and while like wanting to watch one of your favorite bands on stage and they keep it's like coming on, coming off, coming on, right. coming off. Just the like, frustration just, around there. You know, if there's good cover of the stage and they can play the show and you know. You can still enjoy the show and get wet. You know, that's one thing. But if the band's just like stepping off, I was like, come on. They're like, wait, there's more. <laughs> Apparently not. It's like we under, it's like we understand what's going on here, but it doesn't, you know, quell our frustration, especially if, you know, right. we're about six, seven beers deep or we're half a bottle of tequila in at this point. Like, <laughs> But I'm not going to lie. I mean, when you said this is for a frat party, I'm just thinking, man, when I was in college, it was like my freshman year roommate like he was in a frat and they they had uh every single year they did something like that but the artist they got i'm like why couldn't you get someone that i wanted (laughs) (laughs) it it was it was a lot of hip-hop artists and that's just not my thing but so it's like yeah you know i get it but at the same point like we just got lucky that weekend because i had no idea that they were playing and someone in the frat said hey chevelle's playing and i was like okay cool (laughs) i've always wanted to go see them um but yeah that's a (laughs) rala especially uh they're they're uh like they're what's it called the uh i can tell you're from the midwest because you just said rala it's raleigh it's rala no r-o-l-l-a it's rala oh i thought you were i'm from (laughs) i also that also kind of crossed my mind no it's rala r-o-l-l-a look it up on a map so talking about a whole different place here (laughs) as you were yeah gps it doesn't matter (laughs) the the story's dumb but it was it was a fun time that was very interesting, Cody. <laughs> Thanks. And then I found 20 bucks. Oh, nice. See, there's the silver lining. After everything, you found 20 bucks that you probably spent at the bar within the next hour. Listen, I've learned if you have a really bad story and it's going nowhere, just say that you found some money and then it automatically. <laughs> Everybody's like so <laughs> happy. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've bucks. found money before. Yeah. <laughs> 
man, I have to I have to work into some of those like some of the bad cop stories I've had. It's just like yeah, everything went bad, and then I found twenty bucks, and everyone will be like, yeah, yeah. whoa, <laughs> so, look at how that art completely turned. <laughs> <laughs> So want to jump into a little bit more about Lydia's Castle. So, I mean, trying to find as much as I could about the band. I mean, I was saying that you guys were releasing stuff in 2022. I didn't really find that much deeper in there. So I kind of want to know how did this whole entire thing become a thing? How did this whole entire band form and a little bit of the history behind it as well? Because, well, I'm curious about this stuff. Plus, I also like history too. kind of have a weird mind for that. where I'm just like, you know, I remember some random history facts. It's like all of a sudden I'll be on another podcast. I remember some random history fact that you guys put in here about Lydia's Castle. on like a different one. If I'm talking to like Diamante and like, oh, yeah, Lydia's Castle talked about something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it all started with a pandemic. Uh, so Tanya and I were husband and wife and uh, we were everything was shut down. I mean, like we had nothing better to do. And we were like, you want to write some songs? And, you know, we had never written songs together. We've been together for nine years. And in that entire time, we never wrote anything together. You know, she's, you know, she had, that's how we met was we were playing in bands in St. Louis. Um, But we just never collaborated until the pandemic. And we just threw some songs together, uh, some ideas that we had with no direction in mind, really. And that was what was awesome about it. And we just took it to wherever we wanted to and we made some demos, eventually found John um, and we've been writing together and playing ever since. And then we recently acquired Corey as well. I was to say they never found me. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked in one day. I heard music driving by. I was like, he was yeah. like, I'm a bass player. We're like, bass? We need a bass player. <laughs> he showed up with his bass guitar and he's like, uh, you guys need a bass player? And we're like, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> and then he found 20 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I kind of came into the fold, you know, just, you know, hanging out on the scene, playing on lower Broadway, meeting people, shaking hands, you know, doing everything I can, just making friends. And eventually the friends I had were friends they had. And I was going to say, all, we like met at a party. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, it was another bass player in town, Logan Hatcher. It was his birthday party. Was it his birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were just like all there, you know, hanging out, doing hanging out stuff. And, you know, we got to talking, you know, we became a little chummy. And then they I, I, I keep seeing on my feed Lydia's Castle looking for bass player. And, you know, several uh, mutual friends have recommended me for the gig. And I just I, man, initially I had a lot going on. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can commit to an original band. And then, you know, another project I was in kind of started falling south and it's like, all right, you know, l- let's give this a shot. Let's see what happens. And then I guess I was, you know, good enough to <laughs> keep around. So <laughs> Corey's a great play- yeah. uh, bass player. Well, thank you. He's a great asset. Thank you. Um, I've been told I have a great asset. We're getting into the second period. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now we uh we we found john and he's just been like a great mix the great thing about it is like it was like cody john and i for the longest time the three musketeers and uh like our chemistry you know it's like we're more than just like a band we go hang out with each other i mean i just like i just like babysat john's cat like last week That's not mine. My fiance's. Fiance's, yeah, that's okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, like, and then so we just wanted to make sure that, like, we did the hired gun thing for a little bit. We wanted to make sure that the next person we brought in was just going to be completing, like, our family unit. And then, you know, just finding Corey, it just kind of everything fit together. Everything fell into place. So (laughs) everything came together. 
like it was supposed to. And I told it totally makes sense where you don't want to constantly have, you know, just other people come in, just play every now and again, because it doesn't really evolve that chemistry in a way. It doesn't really evolve that camaraderie as a full band where it's like you have three, you have the three members all of a sudden it's like one person comes in and out just constantly like a revolving door in one position. And it doesn't really let you just sit into that and really develop as like a, is that family that you're, you know, it's a band. It's, it's a family. It doesn't really let you develop a man. You know, I did my, yeah, I did my homework and I showed up to rehearsal, you know, and you know, I played well, but it was just, you know, the vibe of Tracks Your Tribe and we just hung out yeah. really well. And yeah. yeah, it was like the joke started flying right off the rip. So, yeah. That too. And we're also like, you know, we're about to start writing, you know, the next, um, you yeah. know, EP or album. And we wanted whoever was going to be in that role to be able to have a part of that writing process as well. Yeah. We, um, we want everybody to have, you know, equal input. You yeah. know, we are a band at the end of the day, even right. though it started with Tanya and I, it is a band. And that's, that's the, that's the nature of everything that we want it to be. You know, we want it to be a good environment, uh, safe to just express your ideas and, you know, you know, the best songs are always co-written. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when it's the entire band and they can put their piece in it and make it them, you know, their personality. Absolutely. It's a band. No. Oh, I totally agree with you, because I heard even a story about like with my favorite band, my favorite band is Rise Against and they're making the song The Good Left Undone. It was literally each member wrote their own part. It was like, OK, here's the concept behind it. all of a sudden. One member, I think it was like the, the drummer wrote his part all of a sudden, okay, let's put a guitar if or let's put the bass over it. And how are Tim's vocals gonna end up going over it? And it's one of their probably it's consistently considered one of their better like one of their best songs, probably top ten songs of all time. And it's just the flow of it is perfect. So when you're able to write and constantly have, you know, everyone working together, everyone putting in their ideas as well. It just opens up the door for so many different potential things to come out. So many different ideas happen. So many different sounds to be able to be put together. So many different influences to be put together to really create something that is uniquely yours, but also feels so natural for the band sound and just really creates that core sound that really drives every successful band out there. Well, yeah, it's a familiar sound. You know, I mean, you you wear your influences on your sleeve, you know, whoever you want to sound like as you know when you were learning how to play your instrument as a kid you know that's what you did is you learn their songs so yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna play like them you know i mean they're gonna you're gonna play like metallica you know if you listen to a bunch of metallica and learned a bunch of james Hep- james hetfield riffs you know what i mean yeah like it's natural to be that way but yeah. that's a good thing because like that works and you know what works Absolutely. you know and you take that you meld it together you, and that's how you create your own styles you take a little bit of this yep. yeah. you take a little bit of that you know what i mean it kind of remind, randomly reminded me of a story my older brother he's also a guitar player we played in a band when we were young and you now he wrote this riff you know we were both SLA dying fans it sounded very SLA mm-hmm. dying i was like that sounds very SLA dying he's like so it's nothing like Casale Diamond. So he took offense to it. I was like, bro, I was like kind of giving you a compliment. You're like, I can tell where your influence was from that. So I was this is a random funny thought that crossed my mind. But yeah, you absolutely do wear your influences on your sleeve, and it's nothing to be ashamed yep. of. But you know, you don't want to sound exactly like your influences because you have multiple influences and they're right. all gonna go kind of meld into a, yeah. a unique sound that comes from your fingertips, you know? Yep. Or your neck, you know. <laughs> 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 and then take those influences and then as a band they collectively i mean multiply those influences by four just because four different members you have all those different influences coming in so you know one member might be ahead like what might be on the heavier side might you know 
be very influenced by As I Lay Dying. One member might be more influenced by, like, let's say, Breaking Benjamin. One member might be more influenced by, like, Metallica. There might be another one that has more influence to, like, you know, maybe some new metal stuff, Corn, or maybe some, you know, potential, like, more hard rock, alternative rock stuff, maybe some of the post-hard, literally yeah. anywhere. But what it what I've always seen with bands that have done that and really just let their influences fly with the creative process is you get to come up with some of that experimentation where, oh, you know, this is a very like particular trope in some bands that I really like. And we're working this song that doesn't really call for it, but maybe let's try something in there to see how it works in. And it might work, it might not work, but it opens up the possibility to create something that is so completely unique and could hit so many people in so many different ways when they hear it that, I mean, you're opening the door for so many possibilities of, a unique sound and honestly just success all around in that endeavor. The best piece of advice I could ever give to any musician is just play what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100% trust it. Trust your ear. You know, that's another big piece of advice I'll give to a lot of young musicians. I spent way too much time relying on tabs, you know, eventually once your ear starts to develop, start trusting your ear, man. And not only hear what you want to play, play what you want to hear, but you know, Ear training is important, kids. <laughs> yeah, very important. That is very good advice to hear just because, of of course, you know, a lot of, especially with the internet the way it is nowadays, and especially using TikTok as an example, as a musical discovery tool where a lot of people are trying to do a lot of the same things that are just popular right now because that's what they think are you going to get them views or get them likes or, you know, get them followers on whatever platform they're on. But it's but it might not be genuinely them. And if you're not making something that you genuinely want to do and you're just kind of potentially, you know, chasing the money for it. I mean, this goes not only to music, but literally to anything in life. If you're kind of just chasing after something that doesn't really al- align with your happiness or what you want to do in life, you're going to end up going through life and you're going to end up looking back and f- have regrets because you didn't go after what you wanted to do. You're going to have constant feelings of, you know, potential misery or even depressive thoughts come through. And I can speak from experience on that as well. So I yeah. kind of have an I kind of have an idea of exactly where you're coming from in that realm in a completely different stance. But when it comes to musician, absolutely make the music that you want to make, make the music that you want to hear, because that's going to be the thing that comes out the strongest. That's going to be the thing that you're going to be the most happy with. And when you put that much effort and genuineness in there, we're going to hear that. We're going to feel that. And it's going to allow us as fans to connect with that music even more than it would if you just created something that you thought people wanted to hear. Yeah. And I think that's important. What you said is like, if you don't believe in it, other people are not going to believe in it, you know, in a sense, like you're selling a product, you know, and nobody else is going to want your product if you don't even want your product, you know, 100%. so it's like, you know, if you're not writing what you like, then what are you really doing? Because music's powerful. You know, you have the ability to create something that can change somebody's life or save somebody's life. If you want to look into it a little deeper. And um, if you're not enjoying or doing it for the right reason, for the sole purpose of loving it, then in my own opinion, you're going to fail. You know what I mean? I don't know. I would I would love to write a Britney Spears song and get a cool mill or two. But you would love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. Just, I mean, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> what I'm getting at is like you're you're never going to fail at doing music yeah, if the drive behind it is love and passion. Yeah, even you know, if, you're writing for even people, if you never get a record deal, if you never go on tour, if you never had one person in the audience, if your real passion and drive is love behind it, there's no failing at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you live up to, um, 
you know, whatever makes you happy yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, yeah. life, life is short, yeah. you know, but you, also, can't, you can't take physical things with you. So exactly. you, live, you live for those experiences. Yeah. But also having an objective frame of mind to what you're doing. Like if you love what you're doing, if you know, it's good and you can pursue it, but not having false faith in what you're doing is it, it, if people are responding positively, then you know, you're on the right track. If you're not getting a lot of positive response, you know, there's, there's too many people out there that, you know, I hate to say it over believing themselves, but if you really want to chase something, you've got to really hone your craft. You've got to be confident that it's good and start showing it to your close friends and like get that positive feedback to where, you know, like, Hey, right. this is going good. So, I mean, John, you've been doing this like longer than all of us. Like, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know? yeah. The world needs bartenders and cover bands too. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And hey, hey, there's something for everybody. I, I play in cover bands for yeah. a lot of my living. There's so there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. Wrong with wrong with with the world needs music teachers. You got to you know? work the town, you know? Honestly, like, pl- like playing as much as they do, I'm they're monsters down there like they they can pull like an eight hour shift sometimes a 12 hour shift yeah i've, I've played triples yeah triples yeah uh-huh. it's never done the quad though yeah, and it's like i don't think i ever will it's like That's... no breaks i'm like when do you guys get to eat or like you know take a break on stage yeah you just holler at the yeah. bartender yeah. like they're, they they throw it down i have the out uh, you know the utmost respect for all the broadway i cannot imagine there. seeing for 12 hours yeah, that well, yeah miserable. It's, it's the singers that have to really take it easy but there are a lot of singers down there that do overwork themselves yeah. and it's very apparent oh. to the musical ear you know the crowd the crowd never gives a shit you can make a mistake you can make several mistakes because you're playing a lot of songs you've you don't play often or you're having to like learn on the spot and like yeah. pull up a chart, you know, but everyone down there is just fucking drunk out <laughs> having a bachelorette party. So, <laughs> so the, the singer can be like three, four shifts deep in two or three days and just really struggling. Like the musicians will know like, Oh yeah, she's having a hard time, but like the patrons mm-hmm. don't care. So it's, it's all about the dollar down there, but you have some of the most baddest fucking musicians out there. Yeah. yeah. And you know it's it, it's work at the end of the day. And man, it's good money too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it. yeah. It, I mean, in the right bar on the right crowd, you know, I, you know, I play downtown. Sometimes seventy five dollar base pay and walk out with like one ten. Sometimes it's like, oh, I just played nudies and made three hundred dollars. You know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's not it's for good. everybody. No, it's not for everybody. Not everything is going to be for everybody. And when it comes down to other people that are music, like if you just want to, you know, be in a cover band and that's what makes you happy, go yeah. for it. We get one shot at this life. And the last thing you want to do is when you're, you know, r- ready to ready to depart this world and you're looking back on like the last thing you want to do is look back and think about the things you wish you would have done. You want to be thinking about the things that you did and the people that you connected with and the memories that you have to really go through that. And if it's, and so, you know, you're going to end up wanting to find that happiness. And if it's in music, that's fantastic. And we all end up like, can look back through music and look at those songs and look at those bands and look at those moments that completely influence us to go and do something like, you know, perform or, you know, start a band or just like try and, you know, hone your craft and try and be the best as possible as musician or for myself, the moments that I can remember all of a sudden I realized how important music was to me, why I want to start this and what the drive is continuing to want to do something like this and talk to as many artists as possible and show off as many artists as possible to as many people as I possibly can, because there are so many artists that love what they do and they are trying to hone their craft at the exact same time. I do understand what you're saying where there are some times where people are just 
way over believing themselves and kind of overhyping themselves, which, you know, it's good to have that level of confidence, but you also have to be willing to accept some like the the constructive criticism. Because of course, you put your music out online, you're going to get people that have the comments of, oh, this is terrible. It sucks. It's like, Okay, but then you can us to them. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe it does to them. You know, everybody's everybody... bad in their mother's basement. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't expect somebody to like everything. You know, we're we're a certain style. We're a certain flavor. Yeah. If, you know, if people like us. That's awesome. If they don't, uh, we'll find yeah. something else to do. Well, but, like... you know, it's it's, you know, whatever you, you find your niche, you know, every band finds their niche, you yeah. know, like. Not everybody that likes uh, the Beatles likes the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? It's blasphemy. Exactly. But like the people that don't really care for something, but are still like genuine people, you know, they're not going to say anything outright rude. It's the people that say rude, negative things on their own volition. But you never pay it. You know, what, what I'm saying is you never pay it any mind. Is what I'm getting at. Because yeah. people that just want to go out of their way to say something right. freaking mean for whatever reason, it's just not even worth your time to freaking overthink. It's just like, all right. There's a lot well, of there's a lot of fake trolls out there. On the oh internet. yeah, it's yeah. just it's all fake. It's all computers, bots. Stuff. Again, <laughs> if you love what you do, people, and you're passionate about it. People that's... really aren't that mean. I mean, like if you if you meet people face to face, like you can generally get along with anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I was you know doing work with the public for several years, you know, for one of my jobs. And I met a lot of great people, but I don't think that I would uh, hang out with them on Facebook, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. but, but they're but they're good people, you know, and you can generally find something good about almost anybody. I say almost, you know, you got to have room, a margin for error there. But, oh, absolutely. Um, and that's okay too. But, you know, people are generally nice. So I don't, I don't pay attention to whatever people say on the internet. It's, Never. it's all, it's all, you know, the internet's nothing. It's, it's literally just your computer. I mean, you're just, you're just staring at a screen. Just yeah. go outside. I think that feedback's important though, whether it's yeah. good, whether it's negative, you know, you mentioned constructive criticism and, you know, that's kind of how you grow is hearing other people's sides and opinions and learning to listen and, mm -hmm. you know, um, to always create an opinion of your own, but, you know, to be able to look at somebody else's viewpoint and to be able to maybe learn or grow from that, you know, and, um, I know for me, like going into the studio to record the CP, you know, I got a lot of constructive criticism from the producer that we use, um, Jack C. Daniels. And, um, you know, a lot of it like was just being pushed, you know, to just be the best that I can be. And it was like incredibly hard, but, you know, I look back at the product that we made and it was because he had that constructive criticism, um, that really helped us develop a really great product. Yeah. He, he, he's a good captain of the ship. He knows, Absolutely. he knows the right way to steer. He pushed all of us. Like we, you know, we went in there and, um, we went there with songs and, you know, naturally in the studio things, you know, change, but what's good right. about, Jack is that he's really quick with ideas and um, you know, and when you're, especially you're paying for your time in the studio, any idea is a good idea to try out at least, you mm -hmm. know, and we did, and we came up with this and it it's, sounds great. You know, he just helped push our songs from that 80% to the 100%. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you, if you have the freedom to try things out, why wouldn't you give it a shot? Because you never know what might happen. 
if it doesn't work out, then you know it didn't work out. But if it does work out, you never know where that might go even further. And on the side of cons- like the cons- constructive criticism and just kind of pushing you as well in the studio, that's something that someone who truly cares about, you know, truly cares about the band, truly cares about the music, truly cares about the product that's going to be put out there and wants to see the best possible for you. Because there was another band I had in the podcast, band called Outlier, and they were talking to me and I had their producer on who was uh, uh, Justin DeBleek, former guitarist for Ice Nine Kills. And they were telling me a story about kind of in the studio, trying to produce some of these tracks, trying to produce the vocals and constantly having to rework it because listening to it, it's like, well, do I believe what you're saying? Do I believe what you're trying, like the mess you're trying to convey? Do I believe the emotion in your voice? Do you believe it? And it's not, you know, trying to push you down or anything, but it's trying to, you know, push you forward so that you put out exactly what you want to put out there. You convey the message the way you want it to. You put out the emotion the way you want it to. You want to tell that story the way you want it to. So when people hear it, they're able to take the emotion that they're feeling and hearing in that song, put it within themselves, and then relate other aspects of their life to that emotion and connect with the song so that they connect with the band. And all of a sudden, now you have a fan for life at that moment because you created such a positive, powerful connection all based off of that emotion. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's true because, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure in the industry to be a certain person or to look a certain way or just, you know, write lyrics about a certain something. And I think it's easy when you start having people push you in that kind of direction, you lose sight of yourself, where if you're not being true to yourself and you're not writing like lyrics that, you know, for me, like if I'm not like writing lyrics that I believe in or I'm passionate about, nobody else is going to be passionate about it. They're not going to feel it either. And so in a world where like there's just so much noise and so much pressure to be a certain something, it's just best to just always remember to stay true to yourself. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to where I was listening to something on YouTube. And I'll preface this by saying I am a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. <laughs> and yes. sadly, I, I can't remember the, the YouTube channel's name, but it was just talking about, you know, this history of the band and stuff. And it, one part of it was when Anthony was, you know, driving home, you know, on what, after one of his heroin binges and he just penned the lyrics to under the bridge and it's meant to be a poem, but he never meant it was never intended to be a hit song. And Rick was just looking through his notebook and saw the lyrics. It's like, Hey, this needs to be something. And that was the song that just skyrocketed that band into mainstream success. And it was never from the perspective of trying to write a hit song. He was just penning his deepest feelings about what he was going through. And that's just kind of the biggest, uh, you know, tie in or what Tanya was saying, just like be true, write true. Cause then the fans will resonate with yeah. it. And not to go off on a tangent, but do you know how many times I hear that of like people who have certain things in their phone that they either think is trash or garbage, but it ends up being the hit, right? Like yeah. we have friends in Cavo who put out the song Champagne, like in early 2000. And uh, the song sat in their lead singer's phone for months before he showed the bandit. And it ended up being the song that broke them. And I remember like, even with us, like with Cody, like he's been, he had the, you know, one of the guitar riffs for Phoenix in his phone since like 2000 and, 15 16 and we were sitting on the couch one night just shifting through his phone looking for something to write and i said why have i never heard this we have to write to this like now and so you know it's just incredible that you know to us we might think that something's garbage but it ends up being like the thing that 
takes you off. <laughs> very, very easy to overthink. Yeah. And, you know, as any you sort of creative, know. you're always your own worst critic. So that's yeah. where going yeah. back to what I was saying, sure. any positive feedback you hear on a creative idea, run with it, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to write something that people naturally resonate, like yeah. and resonate with. Um, you know, some of my, some of the risks are just kind of dumb exercises that I came up with and I you know, just want to do something different and it just naturally falls into something like that. You know, I think sometimes that's the best way is just, you know, start on your path and see where you end up. You know, that's why it's important to have jam sessions with yourself Yeah, and to just be able to have time with you and your instrument or your wife and your instrument <laughs> <laughs> or a loop pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but um, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry if I cut you off. Oh, no. It's just cool to see the songs come to life yeah. the way they have. And just, again, seeing like kind of something like that happen. And I have heard a good amount of stories like that as well, where, you know, people just kind of go through their phones and all of a sudden there's something that they wrote in there or some kind of like, you know, riff or just anything that's in there. Because I've heard other artists talk about this too. It's like if they get an idea, like all of a sudden they get an idea for, you know, a riff or they get an idea for a certain set of lyrics they want to put into a song. And because they're feeling it that way, they will write it down or they will try and put some kind of recording behind it at that exact moment. Because even if it does take a couple months to kind of circle back to it, it's whatever you're feeling that moment, you're feeling that emotion so strongly, you're feeling, you're just so connected to it, where if you try and go back and like recreate it, you might get the exact same, you know, flow of it, but you're not going to get that full emotion behind it because you're not so openly present in that emotion in that moment like you were so you always want to write and that's kind of it's a going to any you know younger music any musician out there if you get an idea just literally write it down record yep. it whatever it is because you can always come back to later but you're never gonna re be able to recreate or very rarely gonna be able to recreate that feeling recreate that exact emotion that you were feeling to really convey the message that you were feeling the message that you want to convey at that given time right I don't know if like you guys ever have these moments, but like I have moments where it's just like I will just be working and I'll just like have a melody just come to me mm -hmm. like it's like out of nowhere. It's like I'm not thinking of other music. I'm not thinking of another like inspiration, you know. I, I am get, I crazy or do no, you guys? you're not. No, but no, no, in no. my okay. brain, okay. I, I get <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think of melodies, I think of bass lines. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. 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 drum drums. Yeah. Sometimes you just have things come to yeah. mind, you know. I don't know. I call it the parking lot, like record <laughs> it, put it in the parking lot, come back to it. That's the thing, is like I rarely I to my dismay i like never record things when they come to my head because they're always fleeting oh, thoughts yeah cody's phone is full of like, -de 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 -de. <laughs> like oh like... yeah i'll mouth uh, i'll mouth some riffs sometimes so if i if somebody ever finds my phone and goes through all my recordings they're just going to hear a bunch of mouth riffs and uh, <laughs> i'm glad this is being recorded <laughs> basically if someone ever goes to your phone they're going to wonder if you're trying to do your best uh jonathan davis impersonation if you're trying to be like jack black and start the half next the time tenacious you need to be institutionalized half the, yeah half the time it sounds like i'm beatboxing yeah. <laughs> But that's just, again, it's just showing that, you know, if you get an idea for something, you know, you're putting it down there. And like what happened with Phoenix, all of a sudden you, you had a riff in your phone since 2015. All of a sudden you listen to it. It's like, okay, 
it was sitting there for a long time. It was sitting in the parking lot for a long time. But now it's time to get those keys out and take that car for a ride and see what the hell happens because you never know what might happen unless you try. I yeah. never, I just never used it. Change the oil and gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, back in the days when gas is below $4 a gallon. Ah, oh, memories. Cry on camera. <laughs> yeah. No, but then we have other songs too, like, um, you know, uh, What Comes Around. And that was a song that, hasn't been released yet but that song started with john mm -hmm. it started with a drum groove and then cody started laying down some guitar riffs and then of course vocals but then we've had mm -hmm. times where like search for you started with a vocal melody and then it developed with a guitar riff and then drums and um one of the singles falling into place that started backwards so each one like the great thing about being in a band with everybody being as talented as they are is there's no like one way of writing. Like we know that Corey could bring a bass riff and we could write around it or like Cody, a guitar riff, or even, you know, we've seen John with his, you know, uh, drum grooves. And um, so it's been really uh, fun just being in a band with everybody that kind of holds their own, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I do want to jump back to something that Cody said, we're kind of right at the beginning of this, where when it came to, you know, the pandemic and the two of you writing songs together, just to kind of get an idea of it. I think that one of the main reasons why I've been seeing a lot of great music kind of come out of the pandemic, a lot of great music happening, and a lot of it coming from independent bands and seeing bands go more independent is because there's just a certain freedom of just being able to write. You're not on any timetable. There's no like, it's not like, okay, we have to have this out by this time, no matter what. It gives you the freedom to mess around. It gives you the freedom to play around with it understand the emotion behind whatever you write and really go forward with it and make it the best possible and really make it the way that you want to make it so that you absolutely believe in that it doesn't have to have this rush feel to it because like when you listen to the songs you put out there and i'm gonna go to search for you specifically on this one it feels so naturally flowing through every bit of it where if potentially all of a sudden what happens if you know oh, we have to have this out by this exact time because a certain maybe a certain record company wants it out by that certain time it might not have that exact flow to it because it didn't naturally evolve like that. And then it could come out with something where all of a sudden you listen, it's like, well, we don't really fully believe it based on it having to be rushed and then kind of falls flat in the end. But no, it's being able to write these things, especially like you guys start out with during the pandemic and having the just the, all the time to just let these things happen naturally, let these things evolve and come out with all the songs you really want to come out with and have them sound the way that you want to have them sound. It's something exactly. that's just creating a lot better quality music that I've seen, especially over the last couple of years. It's like well, trying to force love, you know? Yeah. yeah it doesn't well, work. Yeah. I mean, they say that like with the pandemic, it kind of forced everybody like five or 10 years in, into advance, you know, with like even technology and et cetera. But, you know, um, you know, I don't know if like Lydia's Castle would have been a thing without the pandemic, to be honest, you know, like we didn't have that time or you know, yeah, so we literally just were locked in a one bedroom, like five, 600 square foot apartment. And like, we just had to be together. So <laughs> we were like, well, let's, you know, see what comes out of it. And um, I don't know, it's just cool to see something that start from nothing and it's snowballing into just this beautiful thing. Exactly. And um, like you said, it's just when you can allow things to develop organically, 
you know, that's, that's when, you know, you got something great. Yeah. A lot so. of good things did come out of the pandemic, you know, yeah. no matter what, what you look at it. I, I mean, there's bad things and good things. things. Yeah, and, a lot of bad uh, things. Can't over, yeah, right. not overshadow that. No. You know, but I think there's like, you know, a light and a darkness to be seen in it. Yeah. And uh, luckily, like for Lydia's Castle, we were able to focus on more of that light. And it's been just a really great ride. We were fortunate to, <clears throat> to not have a terrible experience during, yep. during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I said, definitely can't overshadow, you know, all the bad things, what people went through. But, you know, they're like Cody said, there's a light and dark to everything. So, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Because I, I can totally agree with that as well and understand that because I kind of dealt with the same thing where all of a sudden had the podcast kind of going, didn't really know where I was going with it. All of a sudden started interviewing artists. And then a month later, the pandemic hits. And I'm just like, well, I like doing this. And now everyone's kind of on the shelf. Ooh, this is a good opportunity. And I just kind of started to run with it. And then all of a sudden, now that live music is back, it's so cool being able to go connect with those artists once again and like actually see them perform live and see them go crazy on stage. And all of a sudden, me in the crowd, most of the time in the pit, probably getting thrown around because I find that to be the most fun thing ever. That's just me though. But it's just, <laughs> it's the silver lining at all and just letting things kind of happen and just yeah there were a lot of bad things that happened people did experience a lot of bad things not trying to minimize that but died, man <laughs> yeah, yeah but but it kind of comes back to just for a lot of people at the same time as well there were certain realizations that happened maybe that the life that they were living prior to the pandemic all of a sudden it was there was a forced change and they realized that the life that they were living at that point in time really wasn't where they wanted to go. So they now had this feeling of, okay, now there's this great change going on right now, this new time that really no one else knows what's going on. Now is the perfect time to make this change and maybe take this step and take this chance on something that I really want to do because what else do I have to lose? What else can you do? I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to live still. You have to figure out how to survive. I mean, everybody that a lot of people that I've talked to over the last several years you know, a lot of them were business owners, but they were brand new to it. They had to start their own business yeah, in landscaping or whatever it may be, but everybody had to do something. Well, everybody because, had to pivot, you know, we you all know, had to be innovative and, but yeah, a lot of people are now doing what they actually like to do. Exactly. There's, there's to a do. lot of people found their worth, you know, when you're forced to stop your daily routine, it gives you nothing but time to reevaluate, you know, your existence and find new passions and yeah, just start down a new path. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful thing too. again, the silver, like one of the main silver linings in it all. And again, seeing how many bands that unfortunately, you know, there's that one time and bands have unfortunately dropped off and stopped playing together because of the pandemic, because of the strains that had put on there. But on the flip side, we've seen a lot of other bands emerge from the pandemic as well for that exact reason. People found what they wanted to do and people understood their worth. Now that they had all that time to really understand that and really evaluate themselves to the point where I kind of feel like, especially within the music scene, now that, you know, live music has been back for almost like a full year at this point, seeing how many bands are out there, seeing the growth of a good amount of these bands and just seeing the way that the fans are connecting to those bands once again is something that really brings forward that positivity and seeing how many people really found their worth and found how much music means to them during that time. Right. And I think yeah. that's like important to us is like, you know, we're going to be working on more music. You know, we're about to release that EP, you know, uh, the physical one this Saturday. 
We're going to be releasing the digital one on June 3rd, you know, but our goal is to just continue to just be that positivity and that light for people. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of, that's just our goal. We're just going to keep doing what we love, staying true to ourselves. And if people love it, you know, if they, even if they hate it, we're still going to keep doing it. So (laughs) we just hope that you love it as much as we do. Let your haters be your motivators. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll put it this way. When it comes to that, it's just, okay, first find out about the band, looking up some of the stuff and then really diving deep in a search for you and watching that music video. I'll say this when it comes to music videos, I'm pretty much like watching. I'm like, okay, you know, nothing really like impacts me super heavily emotionally. That music video was different though. Like, so, like watching the whole entire like story play out in that thing. There were a couple of scenes in there, but one that just always is going to stick out in my mind, probably for the rest of time that when I watch, I just kind of had that moment of just kind of like sitting back in my chair and just really feeling just the emotion of loss in the whole entire thing. Like there was just this such a powerful moment in there. And I kind of want to know when it came to the search for you music video, how did you guys come up with this concept? Because it's powerful as all hell. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it was just one night, Tanya and I, we were trying to figure out some sort of concept for search for you. And, you know, it was just one of those situations where one of us had an idea and we started riffing off of each other. And then all of a sudden it was like, grab, grab some paper, grab a pen. We got to write this down. I was like, Cody, can you slow down? No, I can't I like, type this fast. Like, I, was like, like... I was pasting back and forth. I was like, and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things we just ripped off each other and we came up with this concept. And then um, our director, Austin Delamano with Lighthouse Studios down here in Nashville, uh, he was brave enough to take on my crazy, uh, mine and Tanya's crazy ideas for the video. And he really brought it to life. And, um, you know, there was an initial worry for me, at least, uh, where I thought it might be too heavy. Um, but then I realized like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who, um, go through tragedies and they don't feel like that they're heard because not everybody goes through those things, whether it's, uh, someone dying of cancer or having cancer, um, or, uh, you know, losing a baby or losing, um, you know, any of those instances, not everybody is heard and we want to let them know that, you know, we see you right. and we're here with you. We, we understand. Um, it's, it goes above and beyond all of that. You know, anybody with any experience that not everybody goes through, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's important to show that they're seen. Mm-hmm. And I can yeah, there's, totally- a, there's a lot of different messages within the, the video. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that you can take away like a, what if scenario, you know, cause he bumps into her and everything replays yeah. backwards. And in the end, it was just a dream, but you know, <laughs> it was, but it was, yeah, I don't yeah know. there's something I feel like everybody has lost somebody at some point and it's relatable. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's real. It's raw emotion. You know, it's it's nothing that was sugar coated. You know, these are real life situations, you mm-hmm. know, so I actually never even realized it was just a dream at the end of the video. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it was it's just like a, a big what if love story. At the end yeah. of the day, it was about love. It's a love story. It but is it's, a love story. But it's also just it's it's their story, you yeah, know. He ends up bumping into you at the end of as, the video. As, <laughs> I bump into him. Oh, yeah. You cock blocked him. I cock blocked him. That's actually the, that's actually what happened. That's I just the I cock blocked him. Yeah, it was a big 
It was a big old cock block at the end, so it just, you know, <laughs> she disappeared. The the emotional toll of the music video ends with a cock block. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that, that is one wacky way to look at it. But I do want to just bring to light the fact that, like, when you said, you know, we're thinking about this music video, would it be too much, especially with showing some of those things that you showed in there? The death of losing, you know, a child or a baby or you know, having cancer, losing someone to cancer, and then the emotional toll that it takes on the people that, like, whoever passed on are so closely connected to the people that love them, the emotional toll it takes on them because everyone, like you said, has experienced loss at that at some point. But at some point, at the same point in time too, is it so intense where could, or is it going to, you know, potentially have people kind of go into a different headspace instead of just feel like they were going to be hurt in this and have some sort of representation of what they actually went through so people have a better understanding? Or is it a lot to the same point where, you know, does it trigger a couple of different things and people kind of really connect with it on a different way? That was, that was part of my fear. And that's why I was wondering if it was going to be too heavy. And maybe it is. Um, and I, I really hope that people aren't, you know, um, you, you don't have to watch it. Like, you, you really don't um because we're sensitive to that you know it's it's one you know it's you don't want to you know you don't want to have a bad time listening to our music you know what i mean but i think it could go the other way where it's like you know there's a lot of women who struggle with you know um miscarriages or stillborns Mm -hmm. or you know pregnancy losses where they don't feel like they connect or they're heard or they're seen and you know for somebody to be vocally telling the story you know what i mean it's something that you don't see a lot and so maybe people if they were to see it more or talk about it more it wouldn't be a taboo topic where people would feel uncomfortable and instead we could be there for each other to lift each other up so i think it's kind of like breaking the ice for conversations for people to feel like they can connect and be be heard through those hard times and women and men because it's it's you know it's both <clears throat> oh absolutely because even though you know a woman carries a child she's the one that's pregnant with it so there's that different type of connection there but it takes two people to make a baby at the same point in time as well so there is also going to be that law but that was the that was the part of the video that was the thing that just completely got me in a different way was it was the it was you know going through the video all of a sudden there's the part where they come home and the, the man's carrying the uh, baby carrier but it just has the uh, the the stuffed animal in there mm-hmm. and the woman just kind of falls on her knees starts breaking down crying but it was just the fact that she was holding that little tiny urn that was the thing that just kind of like pushed me back and it was just kind of had yeah. me just stunned for a little bit but the reason was because the powerful message that was being shown in there was how deeply connected these you know this couple was to this child that they hadn't even met yet, but it was something that they created. They're going to bring this child into the world. And for the people that have had to go through something like that, that have struggled with, you know, for different fertility issues, whatever it might be, it sheds a light on that topic of how emotionally impactful something like that is, how Mm -hmm. it affects the, you know, the people that are involved with it, how it affects the people that, you know, the mother and father of that situation, how it affects, you know, if you even think about it, how it affects their families as well, who are expecting to have another person come in and be a part of this great thing that we call family. On top of that, it just sheds more light to the fact that people go through this stuff. And it is emotionally heavy, but there's a lot of times we don't necessarily hear about it or even talk about it. And it opens up the possibility for people to express these emotions, express these feelings and talk about what they have gone through so that we can get a better understanding 
of what they're going through, get more context behind it so that we can understand them and help them through the healing process, which honestly, I mean, because it's become, it is such a taboo topic in today's current uh, culture. It never really fully gets talked about, never really fully gets fleshed out. So people feel like they have to hide it. Yeah. And I think that's the worst thing is like feeling like you have to hide it makes you feel like you're invisible, you know? And I don't think that I know for us, like we never want anybody to feel like that. And, um, you know, the more you talk about it, it's kind of like the opiate pandemic, you know, years and years and years ago, if you like struggled with an addiction, they would put strap you up to a medical bed and do procedures on you. You know, it was something that like you weren't even able to talk about. And then once we broke that stigma and more people talked about it, we're able to be there for each other. And, um, I just know so many women in my life who have, you know, gone through the loss of a child and have tried to talk about it to their friends, but they've lost friends. They've lost people who, they thought they could lean on, but because that person didn't know how to relate to them instead they were shut out. Um, so, you know, the, uh, it is, these are real life things, you know, as much as we want to think that we all live in this perfect world and none of these bad things can happen. There are a small percentage of women who do go through that. And, um, I think like, like you said, sharing that light, talking about it, it's only going to do some good in the world. Yeah. It can maybe be a trigger for some people, but, um, I think ultimately, you know, the, um, again, if you're being true to yourself and true to your story and your message, I think that that's, that's the most important thing. And all we were doing was, um, with that is just sharing, you know, a real message. And even to add a little more to that, because you brought up the whole entire thing, opioids as well. Think about so many other things that have been, you know, in the past that have been taboo, but now are more talked about things with anything around addiction, different, you know, potential mental health issues, different, any kind of issue that kind of comes up that was very taboo to talk about all of a sudden, now that it's being more talked about and now that it's being more understood, we're having these types of conversations. We're understanding a little bit more where, where people are coming from, what they experience. We're able to deploy that compassion to them so that we can connect with them, even though we haven't gone through something like that. And it allows people to really feel feel connected and build up on the connection between a one person, a family, friends, whoever it might be. So with something like this that a lot of people might go through in this very emotionally taxing, traumatizing, and if you feel like you can't talk about it, then it's just going to potentially like hold on, hold on inside you and going through something like that, you might not be able to fully process it. The more, the more that it's brought up like something like this, because I thought in this video, the way that it was brought up again, it's something that I've never, I haven't really talked about all that much with many people or really anybody for that matter, but seeing it presented in the video, the way it was just the way that it hit emotionally, it wasn't the focus on, it was the focus on the act of like, and what had happened of losing that child, but it was the emotion behind it. You could just see how potent, how devastating it was to those people. And I mean, it just hits in a such a different way where you kind of you can actually see where that emotion is coming from, how heavy it weighed on them and how emotionally taxing and traumatizing something like that was. So we get a better way to understand a little bit more of it. We get a little more context behind it. So we can connect with other people that have gone through that and show them compassion, show them love and show them support when they need it the most. Exactly. Yep. That's exact. You're like hitting the nail, like right on the head. head. Yeah. (laughs) And 
I'll say it again. This all literally comes from just, I mean, I, I was going through that song a good amount today, just trying to get my full understanding of it. But that was constantly the thing that I kept coming back to in the video was that exact moment, just because it was just something drawn to it. It was just something that, you know, it hit on that perfectly. It hit on that emotion. It just connected with, you know, myself who, again, when it comes to that very specific thing, really has no relation to it or really no relative, you know, experience to it. But now seeing that the way it was presented, I've got a little bit more of an understanding behind it. So if I, if, if it gets brought up, I can have a little bit of variety to deploy compassion, deploy empathy, show that love and show that support to people that need it the most. Yeah. And that's what it's about is like, we're just educating people, you know, and the more you talk to people, the more you listen to other people, you know, the more that you can help other people Medicaid in the future. <laughs> John's like, I play drums. Out of that equation. John's like, I play drums. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm educating people through my lyrics. So. And again, that's, it's, it's all about music. That's pretty much what it is. It's just connecting that emotion. And especially on that song, the emotion was very, very well connected in my opinion. And honestly, because I'm just taking a look at my notes right now that I have on the song, there's like three pages of notes here. I wasn't going to not like <laughs> short out on this song. Just the way that it kind of opens up to just from that intro, because it's just, there's more of this, like this, the certain flow to it before the full instrumentals come in. And uh, Tanya, your vocals also, kind of build up in that a little bit as well, kind of more in the back end and all of a sudden get a little bit more powerful towards that transition. Yeah. It's just the way that it's done. We are connecting so much to this more, you know, style of just really opening up to this more emotional side of things and just really getting into that mindset, just the way everything flows together. So even going into the song, you're already put into that emotional, you know, mindset even before the first verse has even hit. It's, it's just really beautiful to um, know that you can write something that can allow people to feel, you know what I mean? And I think that's what our goal was, was to write something that, you know, we've all, like I said, we've all had a loss of some sort. And I think just being able to write something and pour your heart into it. And then so to hear your feedback, which thank you, that's exactly what we were trying to convey. And so, you know, that you felt that way. I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we were aiming for. Oh, absolutely. So, and even on top of that too, just as the, you know, instrumentally, as the song kind of goes on, just kind of hearing the verses, it's just kind of, you know, most time it's kind of like the sound is a little bit more dropped back in a way, just not as very dynamic, but it also lets your vocal shine at the same point to really set the scene for that tone. It also allows that when you get to the pre-chorus, all of a sudden the drums start really building that up a little bit more for that transition into the chorus. It builds up that grander understanding of that emotion, the grander presentation of that emotion and allows for that fully to become fleshed out. And even sometimes hearing some of your vocals as well, where, you know, they had this certain flow to them, but all of a sudden there are points in time where all of a sudden it was like, it felt like it was a little bit more of this like emotional pain that was coming out of them at a little bit of points in time where it's just a little bit more just kind of brash in a way, but still incredibly congruent with everything that was going on in the song. So it felt incredibly natural to listen to this thing, but understanding the emotion where all of a sudden sometimes, you know, trying to express some of these emotions, trying to talk about some of these things, you know, if we're trying to convey this to somebody else or trying to express this, you know, sometimes, you know, we get frustrated trying to express stuff because we're not necessarily sure how to express it ourselves. So sometimes, you know, and even our vocals, we get a little bit brash, we get a little bit short with people just from that kind of frustration and hearing a little bit of that brashness come out of your voice as some of the ends of some of these parts just really conveys that message and really gives more of an understanding 
to talking about some of these, you know, emotional topics that are honestly hard to talk about. Right. And I think that search for you video aside, you know, when you think about like the different ways of grief, you know, there's many different waves of it. I think as you go through the song, you just have somebody literally just screaming out, like, I'll search for you in another life, you know? And it's just to me, like, I just imagine like somebody on their knees, just like screaming at the sky, you know? And so vocally it needed to convey that, you know? Um, And I just think, um, again, you know, just to have something that other people can feel um, it's important to just write and believe in what you're, what you're writing. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm just really happy. This was the one song out of all of the songs that we wrote that I just really wanted to make sure we got right. um, So that it was conveyed correct, correctly. And um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I just love how the song came out. There's honestly, there's not a single thing about it that I would change at all. And the whole song. It is my favorite yeah. song. Yeah. And I, for me, after going through, after listening, I wouldn't change a thing about it either. Just the way that it's, pre- again, the way it's presented, the way everything flows together, the way everything builds up to that point in time, even with the bridge going into that final chorus as well, just the way that it builds up from that softer spot and kind of just builds up back again with kind of some of the drums kind of picking up once again, the instrumentals picking up once again, and then hear your vocals really come through that powerful sense, just again, having that feeling of, you know, you're, you know, you're struggling with some, and you're just trying to express some sort of any anything anyway and you're on your knees in the pouring rain just screaming out you know like i'll search for you in another life just kind of just letting all that emotion out there it's that's what it feels like going from the bridge into that final chorus and you don't want to miss out on any of that emotional transition from that point in time going to the final chorus it's it, it it was perfectly placed in there let me just put it that way thank you our producer jack daniels he did a great job like we went in with a you know um and you know a sketch yeah basically. like a sketch is i guess what i'm trying yeah, to we, say we, we've performed the song live before but right um you know and the song is still you know pretty much the same there's some there's some different things that um uh, you know jack helped us out with yeah like some sprinkles uh, just some sprinkles you know <laughs> something that a, that a producer does yeah. and you know he he really helped uh mature the song yeah if if i could put it that way um when we were rehearsing the song, we didn't have any strings. So we were always playing it just as a live band. Uh, so it was, it was just nice to, for him to be able to put his own flavor on it. And I think it came out really good. We promise that we, the next music video, it won't make you cry. It won't make, <laughs> it you won't cry. make you cry. You don't have to have a tissue box for the next music video. <laughs> that video made me feel emotion for the first time in a long time. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> Before this, I we all watched it. We're like the whole band. <laughs> Niagara Falls over here. Like. Uh, like, only my beer is red. Only my yeah. beer is red. I have half a soul. So. <laughs> So the next video, I'm like, I'm expecting to watch the next music video you come out with and not have to, you know, not, there's not going to be, you know, feeling this kind of emotion. I might all of a sudden watch it and just all of a sudden feel like I got to run through a wall and just yell like, this is what we play for. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the next song is going to sound like, but if it sounds like that, that's what the music video makes you want to do. And all of a sudden go out and start running like Rocky and just start like listening to it, but also then looping in, you know, da da Hey, I'm, no, I'm here for it. I want to blow something up in the next we video. Need a montage. <laughs> montage. <laughs> <laughs> blow something up in the next video. Now that would be something. Coming soon. 
to a screen near you. <laughs> the whole next music video is just a Rocky montage. <laughs> <laughs> with a big explosion at the end. With a big explosion at the end. It's a big 808 with an explosion. Yeah, yeah. We need to see if Michael Bay is free. <laughs> I don't know. He might be making like Transformer 7, the search for more. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. I mean, he might be available. I mean, he might be a little expensive, but you, you never know. Mm. Can we use your credit card? <laughs> no. He's like, no. <laughs> what? You don't have any faith? <laughs> Come on, It'll man. be badass. Yeah, invest in us, man. We need an investor. <laughs> How about this? What if I just say that check's in the mail? Uh, <laughs> man. Go to USPS. We just love this guy. Is <laughs> <laughs> punk mean investing in the band? Well, I mean, I, I invested into a, I invested in a music festival already, so you know, band's the next step, I guess. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> yep. good for you on the music festival. That's badass, man. Oh, oh, thank you. It was just something I was like, okay, had music fe- the people that created it on. I'm just like, well, this looks like a fun thing. I love the vision behind it, and all of a sudden, I kind of want to be a part of it. So, how can I invest in this sponsor? Let's go! And all of a sudden, now I did it. Great for you, man. That's cool. That's awesome. What festival, if I can ask? It's called When We Were Hungry. All right. I'll keep keep my eyes peeled for that. Basically, it is just a, uh, it is uh, a lot of the, so one of the bands that like was around that era, like when the When We Were Young Festival came out that wasn't on the lineup, just kind of started making memes around not being picked on there. They were going to create their own festival. And they did. Uh, Awesome. I know. I saw something about that. Who was that? Modern Day Escape. Yeah, gotcha. I, I remember. Funny. I remember seeing that. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden, next thing you know, all of a sudden, I have to. I'm gonna have to add like you know, investing in a band, sponsoring a band at that point. You know, just kind of keep it rolling. So yeah, all of a sudden, you know, literally by saying checks in the mail, it it might happen. You never know. <laughs> hey, or if you need a band to play it, like we'll stay in his good graces. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can always get you connected with the people that uh, that did it. Just kind of add the submission to it. See see what happens. You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. We want to play as many gigs as possible. The worst they say is no, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or they could say fuck no. Or and throw something at you. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I mean. Yeah. I'll say, well, then if that's the case, then I will see you out in Vegas in October. So, <laughs> well, here's what we'll do. We'll 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 jam out. We'll have a great time, and then afterwards, we'll go and basically have like one of those like uh, moments where all of a sudden we wake up in the morning, not know what happens, and someone's gonna be stuck on the roof, and it's gonna be a whole entire like hangover thing with the mattress impaled on one of the uh, Caesar's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a thing here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised, honestly. <laughs> Good times. Man, I haven't had a night like that in a long time. Like, not since I was a teenager. You know, like having one of those moments that you wake up and you're like... Wait, you drank before you were 21? I mean, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not 21? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? I'm so confused. Where am I? <laughs> Help. Yeah, where, yeah. where are we? Help. <laughs> so where, where are you at? Now, can so, you say that? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, nice. I okay. love Milwaukee. Cheese. Yes, that, that's cheese. where cheese was invented. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, too. <laughs> well, Who's that? Mr. Darkside. That's where famous for beer, cheese, and Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, on the, uh, that's on the sign yeah. when you drive in. Beer, cheese. Wisconsin. Mix it together. Beer, cheese. Man. Oh, I've, I've done that before. 
Should we ever come up to Milwaukee? Could I expect a case of spotted cow? Actually, yes. Yay! Thanks. A case of what? Spotted cow. So, so actually, actually, I'll add. I'll even add this to it. So. You, so whenever I like, if bands come around here, like I've had in the podcast, I've really connected with them, get to see him for a show. Uh, this happened, this happened twice so far this year where all of a sudden I have gotten a case of spotted cow, put it in my car, put it in the trunk, got, like went to the show and all of a sudden, hey, we're hanging out with the band a little bit afterwards. Like, Hey, I got something for you guys. Boom. Case of spotted freaking cow. This is the homie right here. <laughs> we're hitting you up. Yeah. Yeah. Spotted cow is just an amazing beer. It's. I like beer. Mwah. I mean, I when I was in Wisconsin, I I I or last time I was in Wisconsin, I came back home with two of the New Glarus variety packs, and like the four that were in there are all just amazing. Mm-hmm. Spotted cow is the the good one, the the, the best one. <laughs> Spotted cow is a top choice. Bellissimo. Bellissimo. Well, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I always like to do is give my guest, which is the band Lydia's Castle, a chance to say whatever you guys want to say, whatever you want to plug, whatever you want to promote. Now's the time, so the floor is yours. All right. You can find everything Lydia's Castle on Lydia'sCastle.com. Merch, photos, music, music videos, EPK. It is a one-stop shop. We are the only Lydia's Castle in the history of Lydia's Castle, so we are very easy to find online. But LydiasCastle.com is where you can find us. Yep. What do you want to say? Uh, buy our stuff, please. We need money. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. No, no, actually, I'm not joking. If you want to buy something, please, you know, because that would be awesome. You would help. You'd help fund us and help our uh, our dream continue. That's good. Call. Um, yep. You know, this thing. This thing is not free. Yeah. You know, um, and people don't buy music anymore. So if you would like to buy a t-shirt please buy a t-shirt we would love to send one to you um you also can get hats koozies all that good stuff so all um things. but you know at the very end of the day just give our music a chance and if you like it just follow us and you know say hi and you know we're actually a band that responds so for real if you yeah. message us yeah. we will respond back we'll respond. to you yep. so 100 yeah what do you want to say you guys said pretty much everything that we should just to wrap it up you know any last comments i'm just here for the vibe. I think we're good. Just here for the say? vibe. <laughs> well said. Well, well said. said. All right. Now it's time for me to end this podcast with not one, not two, but three very specific things. So for everyone listening, everyone watching on YouTube, when it comes to finding Lydia's Castle online, they told you where to find them and where to connect with them. And yes, they're a band, like they said, that does respond to their stuff. So if you message them that, they're going to respond. Plus, they got their brand new EP coming out on June 3rd. You're not going to want to miss out on that. So you're going to want to find them all over the place. You want to find them online. You want to connect them to their socials, watch their videos. You're going to want to stream their stuff, download stuff, buy their stuff, buy the merch. You know, you're going to want to get those koozies if you're drinking PBR, Miller Lite, Bud Light, Bush Light, or Spotted Cow. Because who doesn't want to, you know, Lydia's Castle koozie while drinking a Spotted Cow? So instead of having to, you know, look all that stuff up yourself because... I mean, that can be a lot, not going to lie. Why don't you let me do all the work for you so you can just go to the description of the podcast here. It says, find Lydia's Castle Online. There will be labels for everything, links to take you to there. So you can click on those links so you can, you know, follow them on social media, watch music videos. You can stream their music, you can download it, buy it. You can buy the merch. Come to a show. Come this Saturday. If you're in Nashville, please come to our show. (laughs) Yes. And go to shows as well. We have an important show. Come to our show this Saturday. It's at the end. It starts at eight o'clock. We have Voltage Hawk, we have True Villains, and then we are headlining. And we will be releasing the physical copy of the CD. Only a hundred, and then that's it. 
and that's it but if you do if you do buy the album if you come to the show and buy the album uh there are some goodies that are involved in it um qr code goodies qr code goodies that will you know save you some money yeah those physical copies are gonna be worth a fortune someday and there's there's (laughs) just there's just good stuff just just come support us and you don't you know and don't for, and don't forget the biggest perk of all if you buy one of those he's a big big smile from cody yeah big old smile <laughs> yeah all right so that was number one now time for number two so what this is something i like to do with guests that whenever i have them on the podcast like i tend to make a certain promise to guests i enjoy having on the podcast this has happened literally every time i've had a guest on the podcast this streak is not being broken today so my promise to the band lydia's castle who we're talking to right now is this i won't start it out with an if if implies possibility of not happening screw that i'm starting this with when because when implies yeah this is going to happen date and time to be determined but there's gonna be a little bit edit to this kind of thing so the promise is when i get to see you perform live for the first time my promise to you is this First round's on me. However, here's the here's the other caveat though. If it is if when I get to see you perform live, if it is somewhere close to me where I'm able to, you know, actually drive there, here's the other caveat though. At that point, it won't be first rounds on me. It will be a case of spotted cow in my trunk, which will be presented with like, you know, you know, like a chorus behind us going, oh. Or just playing the Halo theme when I present you just oh <laughs> yeah. You the subs just start blaring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is the promise. And the reason I do this is because, well, I enjoy having you guys on the podcast. I want to show my thanks for you guys taking the time to be on the podcast as well. Plus, want to support you anyway. So I always want to see you perform live as well. And the last thing is I can't end this podcast by saying goodbye. I made a promise. I'm keeping my promise. And how about this? Next year, 2023. Let's run this back once again. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. So friends, I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That is way too final. So we will end it by saying this. See you later. Until next time. Well, folks, I'm interview with the band Lydia's Castle. Once again, if you want to find anything about Lydia's Castle, the debut EP coming out on June 3rd, you want to listen to it, buy it, download it, pre-order it, stream it. If you want to watch the music videos, connect with them online or buy some merch and help support them. We might be investing in the band soon. You never, ever know. So, Hey, why not join us in helping this band out? So go check all this stuff. Everything you need to know about them and find them. Links are in the description of the podcast. So go and do that. Make sure you're also following the Core Progression podcast on YouTube because, or subscribe to YouTube, honestly, because that's where you can watch all these interviews. Or you can subscribe to us, audio version style, Spotify podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. That way you can just listen to it and just get all the podcast stuff you need. If you're already subscribed to the podcast, I want to give you a big thank you because that is awesome. If you're not subscribed, I want to say first off, you know, check check it out, you know, hit the check mark button or whatever button it is for subscribe right now. But also Thank you for watching this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're just here for this one, you don't want to, you know, hit the subscribe button. I get it. I understand. I I would ask you if you still do, but you know what? I totally understand. Also be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So all of those are in the description of the podcast as well under, you know, find us online, that kind of thing. Um, also, you know, don't forget our sponsors, Phoenix Fitness, Custom Debuts, links and promo codes, description of the podcast, along with the website for the one we were hungry festival because tickets are probably going to be on sale by this point if not they're gonna be on sale very soon you're not gonna want to miss out on that therefore 
Check out Lydia's Castle. Check out the video for Surge for you. It is powerful. Trust me on that. And if they're going to be playing a show up around, you know, Milwaukee, Chicago, and I get to go to it, Spotted Cow is coming their way. You might be able to join us for a beer too. You never know. You'll know where to find me. In the crowd, wearing the Brewers hat. I always do. So on that note, that's going to be for you guys. You can to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all. Oh, yeah.